Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific trading lower this morning following a bout of selling in the U.S. overnight. Tokyo is down 1.6%, Seoul is off 1%, and investors are taking profits in Sydney after stocks set record highs yesterday. The ASX 200 is currently down more than half a percent. Joining me now for a closer look at all the market action is Lee Kian Soon, CEO of Astral Asset Management. Good morning, Kian Soon. Good morning. We begin this morning here at home, where the Straits Times Index failed to find support at the 3200 level yesterday, despite gains in other markets across the region. So while investors were bidding up shares in Tokyo, Seoul and Sydney, they were selling off here in Singapore. The Straits Times Index fell more than half a percent to 3182. At the same time, though, we have some fairly strong corporate earnings results and announcements of significant new investments. So, Kian Soon, I want to get your reaction to one of these new investments, Biontech, which says it will invest, quote, hundreds of millions of dollars to set up its Southeast Asian headquarters here and open a vaccine manufacturing facility. So how big a deal is this for Singapore's biotech, pharmaceutical industry? And do you expect any positive knock-on effects? I think this is a rubber stem, you know, of Singapore's resilience and attractiveness as a location that even in a pandemic situation, we managed to attract good pharmacy companies coming to our country mm-hmm. uh, to set up infrastructure. The, the obvious impact would be to create employment. Yeah. I think it was estimated that around uh, less than around 100 jobs would be created. But the, you, know, you could see that the whole value chain of jobs being created as a result of this investment, uh, which is definitely a good news and a boost for Singapore. Yep. Even if it's 80 jobs, we'll take those 80 jobs. BioNTech is not the first vaccine manufacturer to set up shop in Singapore. Just last month, French drug maker Sanofi announced it will invest 400 million euros here over the next five years. Kian Soon, are there any locally listed companies in this space that you're looking at or should biotech investors primarily look overseas? I think the, the, the issue with uh, vaccine research uh, it definitely, you know, relates to the kind of brand you have. The, the, the technology that, you know, our local universities and, you know, SMEs definitely is up to the par. However, when it comes to launching of vaccines or pharmaceutical products, you do really need the whole value chain of support as well as a good uh, pharma, uh, that a pharma giant possess in order to deliver this uh, product end-to-end. And I think what happens here is what will happen here is this ecosystem will provide a platform for our local players to collaborate closely with the international pharma giants in order to bring a product to fruition. Yeah, so hopefully we see a new therapeutic modality in time, and that's one of the knock-on effects, perhaps. All right, uh, in other corporate news, the coffee shop operator Kim Lee says its profits more than doubled in the first uh, half of its financial year. SBS Transport also reporting a jump of more than 100% in first quarter profits. Catalyst-listed Grand Venture Technology done even better. Its first quarter profits jumped five-fold. So, Kian Soon, it looks like this is turning out to be quite a stellar season for Singapore corporate results. Would you agree? I think uh, definitely we see very positive results from the corporate earnings uh, for the first quarter of 2021. And and the reason being, if you look on the year-on-year comparison, 
uh, it's like comparing the last quarter, uh, 2020 quarter of uh, first quarter, where a lot of the companies were hit directly hit by the COVID-19 pandemic because of a slowdown in business and followed by the uh, circuit breaker. Mm-hmm. So when you compare year on year, definitely the results are stellar. Uh, the first quarter results is definitely very good, even if you compare it on a quarter on quarter basis, because we saw phase three uh, of reopening happening in uh, in Singapore, and all these has brought more traffic and more human flows and businesses uh, that uh, benefited, you know, F&B businesses as well as transport services definitely benefited from uh, from this uh, resumption of uh, services. All right. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the Straits Times Index trading back below the 3200 mark. It's still up about 12% for the year, though. So what is your take on Singapore stocks going forward? Right. Right. Uh, Singapore have a spectacular, SDI has a spectacular first quarter as well. Yes, as you mentioned, it's, it's almost uh, first four months, we are up about 13%. And, and that, when, when going forward, whether we're going to see the continuous recovery and strong uh, uh, growth will only depend on one factor. I think these factors will depend on whether you know, the COVID-19 situation improves uh, because uh, the expectations of uh, Singapore reopening of borders is very, very important. Uh, because we are a small trading hub, we can't you know, continuously stay closed. And this will be something that the market will be closely watching uh, so that you know, we, we could see whether there's a full resumption and recovery of our economy. All right. Good points there. Let's move to the U.S. now, where a sell-off in tech shares dragged the markets lower. The Nasdaq fell 2.5%, the S&P 500 dropping 1%. Kian Soon, what do you think was driving the selling? Is this simply profit-taking or is this something else? I think what is happening in the U.S., uh, investors are actually uh, putting their chips uh, on places where they think that with the full recovery of the economy, uh, as more and more Americans go back to work, would all these tech players still be able to sustain their revenue and earnings that they benefited as a result of people staying at home? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are big questions uh, because some of the tech players actually have their earnings uh, improved during the first quarter earnings calls, uh, and we like to see we would like to see more evidence that they could continue to sustain their business as more Americans go back to work physically. Uh, and, and whether if their their kind of business could still sustain the revenue growth that we have seen uh, in 2020. Uh, having said that, I think uh, it's also a sector rotation play where investors would now move towards more attractive sectors that they think will benefit from uh, the economic recovery uh, story. Yep. Until then, Nasdaq not looking so good. It had its worst day in more than seven weeks. The rotation of tech stocks is also hammering cloud companies. The sector was one of the best performers last year. We talked about it several times on this show. But now an index of cloud companies that includes firms like Twilio and Zoom, that index is up 15% since the start of the year. All right, Ken Soon, another major headline to discuss from the U.S. is that cyber attack on Colonial Pipeline. That pipeline delivers nearly half of all fuel to the U.S.'s eastern seaboard. It was shut down on Friday by a Russian ransomware attack. Crude oil prices have risen a little on the news. Ken Soon, could this attack cause broader market disruptions? And if it can happen to a major oil pipeline in the U.S., does this mean it can happen just about anywhere? 
Yes, I think this is a story where, where you try to put all your eggs in one basket and you use a digital lock that to lock it up and <laughs> and now you can't have access to your eggs when somebody took the took control of your digital lock, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, in terms of impact, in terms of, you know, what could be whether it could be detrimental is how long would they take to fix this thing? If this thing is resolved within three to five days, I think, you know, there will be some blips and everybody will be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, if they are going to take more than a week, like, you know, two weeks to resolve this, then we're going to see a lot of uh, U- smaller U.S. cities run out of uh, petrol, right, uh, and, mm-hmm. and fuel. So so, so it, it really depends. I think the, the guys are putting all their efforts to try to resume the operations uh, that, 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 were, that were affected, but it really depends on how long it take. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's hope it doesn't drag out. Uh, let's take a look at other commodities now. As the U.S. and Chinese economies exhibit strong growth, we're also seeing spikes in prices of all sorts of other inputs. We talked a lot about copper on this show. I'm happy to say we've been talking about this uh, before we saw these record levels that copper has been trading at, up above 10,000 U.S. dollars a ton. It is far from the only metal, though, that is skyrocketing. Yesterday, Shanghai Steel rebar futures opened 10% higher and iron ore futures were not far behind either. Kian Soon, in your opinion, are commodity prices still ripe to rise even more? Uh, The the question here really, whether the prices will go up more depends on two. One is, is there a real physical demand for the commodities? Uh, secondly, is is it is the price volatility a result of uh, funds, hedge funds in particular in the commodity space trading, trying to rip up price, uh, drive prices up so that they could take profits and sell them. So, so it really depends. At the end of the day, it really depends on the physical demands of these commodities. I.e., are there companies that are willing to pay for higher prices? Uh, to basically because of the economic recovery, these companies are willing to pay higher prices. To buy these commodities to you know construct buildings or to make things, uh, I think this will be the strong ultimate latent strong demand that uh, investors will be looking at. Uh, meanwhile, the price volatility as a result of trades uh, performed by uh, the financial markets, I think, would be quite meaningless at the end of the day. Do you think the demand, the green demand, is going to fuel a demand for this decade? Really. Uh, for the long term, for the decade, absolutely, mm. absolutely for the decade. Because if you look at it on a long term basis, as we recovered from the pandemic, uh, more and more countries will be very selective in the use of uh, their materials in order to ensure that you know the the climate uh, governance is adhered to. I think we are going to see a positive move towards this uh, direction as well. Right. So how can retail investors get in on on this sector? Would you go for mining companies or commodity ETFs? What does the retail guy look at? I think for a retail uh, uh, investors uh, who you know probably doesn't have time to keep track of uh, the commodity prices on a, on an hour hour basis and uh, like like the commodity traders do, I think having exposure to commodity ETF would be a good option. Uh, a, it gives, it gives them a diversified uh, uh, investment mandate across different uh, commodities, uh, which also allows them to, you know, uh, basically have uh, exposures across many sectors. Uh, B, you know, you don't have to, they won't get, have to get into the trouble of having to get themselves certified to trade in, you know, commodities, futures, 
and warrants, you know, etc. Because uh, this is something that retail investors typically have no access to. All right, good advice there. Now, in the currency markets, the US dollar has been struggling since the release of last week's jobs report. Those numbers were significantly lower than expected. The US dollar index at a 10-week low, but at the same time, we're seeing the British pound jump in value. If you'd ask investors last year as Brexit was taking place and the COVID numbers were rising in the UK, I don't think many analysts would have foreseen a strong pound. So, Kian Soon, what is driving the sterling strength? If you look at the, the pound story, the great uh, revival stories, uh, they hit the bottom in March 2020 and then, you know, it's now gradually rising versus the, the US dollar. I think one main reason that the pound is, has been performing well is uh, actually the way they have coped with COVID-19. Uh, most of the nation, you know, a huge part of the nation has been vaccinated. The, the, the economy has uh, reopened. Uh, it's basically a recovery story and you know, over time, as your hospitalization and death rate come down and as normal economic activities resume, uh, the people expect that the UK uh, economy will actually recover at a higher rate. Uh, so it sort of hit our rock bottom last year. And now, you know, mm-hmm. with the recovery story coming up, I, the currency is getting strong again. Moving forward, what is your take on the US dollar? Are you bullish or bearish? <laughs> the US dollar has been an interesting uh, story. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to know that it's, uh, it's, the, it's still the international currency of choice. Uh, bullish or bearish of the US dollar always has to be a reference to another currency, another country, uh, because it's always relative to how the US dollar is performing versus another currency. I think it would be it's a, it was a big concern uh, generally across the market because they were printing so much money. They were uh, you know, they were issuing, uh, you know, a lot of debt. Mm. Uh, and that there was a big concern that, you know, the, the, the economy might not be able to, you know, fund these uh, high debts uh, at very low interest rates. Uh, but, you know, there was a big concern. But it seems that I think that the US dollar, at least versus the Sing dollar, is going to stabilize between, you know, the range of 1.32 to 1.39. You know, it's not going to vary that much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the mid to long term basis. Okay. In other news, Australia is set to announce its annual budget today. Policymakers, they're expected to announce more stimulus measures. The ASX 200 closed at a record high yesterday. Though we are seeing some profit-taking there this morning. So Kian Soon, Bloomberg, noting that the Australian energy, infrastructure and healthcare stocks are going to be in focus as Australia rolls its budget out. What are you going to be looking out for? So my understanding is it's an expansory budget. Uh, you know, basically is to pave the road of economic recovery for Australia. Australia is a situation where the whole country has been pretty locked, uh, locked off from the rest of the world with the closure of borders. So they are very dependent on the domestic economy, uh, at least because we could see that one, 40% of the exports to China has been very badly hit as a result of some other international reasons. So we will look at the, the kind of uh, budget that the the, the the politicians have proposed, uh, I think it will be more focused on the service economy. Uh, I don't see any excitement in the infrastructure or the energy side, but rather the the focus on the service economy is to get their own domestic uh, consumers to start spending money again. And this is in the sectors of healthcare, childcare, and aged care. So so we could see that, you know, these sectors could potentially be beneficiaries uh, as a result of this uh, generous budget. Uh, The budget, if you look at uh, if I look at it, it's more a socialist kind of budget to help 
their own citizens to cope with the hardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, I will see a lot of funds, uh, funding being provided for you know, uh, these services uh, that I mentioned. Well, speaking of uh, beneficiaries, with the commodity boom that we're witnessing, do you think this is a good time to invest in Aussie stocks? The problem with the commodities boom and, and whether you'll benefit the, the Australia as a country is mm. whether they could get their biggest buyer, which is China, to buy their commodities. <laughs> so, so this is something that's beyond the control of, uh, of any investors. Uh, and, and anyone that is uh, looking to delve into the commodity space uh, in Australia should, should also really study you know, the developments of the relationships of you know, how Australians uh, deal with their customers, i.e. Their, the buyers of the products that they produce. Yeah, I mean, there's been a Reuters poll that predicts copper, for example, will stall in the second half of the year because of China's warning that a cap is going to be placed on high commodity prices to reduce inflation. So good point there. Uh, Overall, we are about 22 minutes into the trading day. The Straits Times Index, let me check that out for you. It is currently in the red, down 0.67% to 3,161 points. Time now for me to say... Thank you very much to Lee Kian Soon, CEO of Astral Asset Management. Have a good day. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.